Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey, everybody. David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, recorded live from ETI Tooltech 2021, in Austin, Texas, we speak to the CEO of Cutting Edge Automotive Solutions, Lee Locklear. Cutting Edge Automotive Solutions is a company that is looking to disrupt the traditional distribution model of having tool trucks making weekly visits and instead has introduced a model that gets you the right tool in your hands when you need it. They also distribute Texa Diagnostic Equipment, which offers OE Level ADOS equipment and a line of scan tools that lets you connect to almost anything that has a module. Our conversation with Lee encompassed several topics, including an offer from SP Tools that allows shops to equip an apprentice looking to get into the field at a serious discount. Before we begin our conversation with Lee, please take a moment to hit that like button if you're on YouTube. It's quick and really helps us out. If you like our content, consider subscribing to the channel. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, Make sure you're set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. And now, here we go. One of my experiences with the um, with the mobile tool system is, as you know, for years I had a really great Snap-on guy. Yep. He was a fantastic Snap-on guy. And there's nothing wrong with my new Snap-on guy, but he came from a bread route, right? No experience with tools. No experience with, with what we needed. Now, our other guy knew who to call. Something didn't show up. He knew who to talk to. He knew how to handle a problem. And now it's a new learning curve. And for us, man, that's that's tough because, you know, we depend on this, right? This is not just, oh, all of a sudden, you know, this broke. Well, I can wait a week to get it. No, I need it right now, right? I need it yesterday. And and I think that's one of the big things that we're seeing right now. Uh, hey, w- one of the one of those challenges is just just the same perspective from the from the shop owner, right? Right. So you have shop owners that invest in their business. Yeah. Um, they learn. They, they invest in their guys. They're, they're, you know, sending them for training and everything else. So you have tool guys that learn the craft. Right. And you guys, you have guys that just don't invest in their business. They want a job. They want a job. Yeah. And, and the difference is the level of service that you need. You need more of right. a business partner that yeah. takes that worry and that stress off of you because you have all these other things that you have to contend with. Right. You don't need, you know, something. You don't need to babysit your tool guy. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's really interesting to me because I I, I read your bio, read a little bit about you, kind of been watching you for a while. And one of the things that's interesting to me is, is you come into this from the technician role, right? And so we keep talking about this and, and, you know, it's something that's come up time and time again. We've been talking about the fact that technicians don't really have an end game, right? right? A lot of them feel trapped. It's like, 
this is not a career. This is a job. Right. And I work till I'm 50 years old and I'm beaten. I can't do it anymore. And I'm done and I don't have retirement and I don't have anything else. I think you're a perfect example of the fact that doesn't have to be the case. There's more of an opportunity there than just being a technician. Um, speak to that a little bit. So, um, and, and I got into to turning wrenches because it was, it started as that, as that job thing. Um, and, and I started a little bit backwards. Um, right. so I started in the sales side of the business, right. uh, went to work for a tire store, um, and, and was working, you know, writing service and, and working the counter. Um, and then I went to work for uh, Bridgestone Firestone mm-hmm. and, um, the general manager was out one day, uh, on vacation and I had to hand out paychecks and I happened right. to notice you know, how much money the lead tech was making. I was like, I'm doing this wrong. (laughs) Wait a minute. What, you know, they took, they took more in taxes out of his check than I grossed. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to be that guy. Um, that's how I I got into turning wrenches and and I basically apprenticed for him for free. So, um, we were a store that was open seven to seven. So I would, you know, on the evenings when I would close, you know, my hours were nine to seven. So I'd come in at six thirty, seven o'clock. Right. I'd put, you know, cars up on the alignment rack for him. And, and he was a drivability guy. Right. Um, so I did took care of his alignments for him. Um, and he taught me everything that he knew about drivability. And that's kind of how I got into turning wrenches. Right. And it's been a passion of mine, you know, right. ever since. Um, my opportunities in the in the business as a whole came when i went to work for snap-on a fantastic company to work for um but it opened the door for so many different avenues and and early on i didn't realize that um that there's so many you can go anywhere you want to go so you can do things like you guys are doing now right so there's there's social media there's influencing there's um you know marketing there's the race side of the industry there's just so many parts and pieces that go with this you can take your passions wherever you want them to go and create a career in the automotive business absolutely and and, you know we talk a lot about sponsors that that it takes people that sponsor us and get us to that next level right and so it sounds like that's a lot of what happened for you is you just you got into the right circle the right people and they help propel you and and you know we've been talking recently to technicians and been saying hey listen if you're in a shop that's not lifting you up that's not creating opportunity for you that's not taking care of you're in the wrong place that's it and, That's it. and, you know, and if, if I was going to say something to, to shop owners, if you have that guy that's worth keeping, you need to make sure that, yeah. that you're keeping him. Absolutely. Um, you know, don't help him grow with the business. Right. Um, you know, you're only going to get so much production right. out of a tech. You know, it, at some point, no matter how good you are, you slow down. Yeah. You know, and then what comes next? Um, yeah. When I was turning wrenches for GM, um, I worked with the only guy that I've... Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description. Or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Ever actually seen retire from turning wrenches. Right. Um, you know, most guys are used up and, and tossed aside by the time they get to retirement age. Right. Um, so it, it helps a lot um, to for retention to know that 
that technician has, you know, that's worth keeping has somewhere to go yeah. down the road. Absolutely. You know, uh, we were talking about it in one of our last episodes, Eric Mortensen's a good friend of ours. Um, and Eric brought up the fact that when, um, he went into the local Chevrolet dealer that, uh, their master tech was 64, 65 years right. old. And he said, I can't afford to retire, I, I, you know, with what they're paying me. Right. They looked for four months to find this guy. And one of the things that really stood out to us was is he doesn't want to learn the new technology. He doesn't want anything but his flip phone. He wants the flip phone. He doesn't want to email people. He wants to do the job he did 10 years ago. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Our industry is changing. Oh. And, and we're going to have to prepare for this in a little bit different way. I think that's what helped in, in my career. So um, even though we do the hand tools and we do the undercar because um, – it's not necessarily a service to, to the shop owner, but, but we believe that, you know, we don't want to pick and choose what's important to the shop owner based right. on, you know, what's important to us. But our ethos centers around diagnostics. It's what I've always done. I started as a drivability guy um, where most guys start with, you know, brakes and steering and suspension and kind of work, maybe work into to drivability. So, that's the aspect of the business that's always in, intrigued me, regardless of which side of the fence I've been on, whether I'm in the shop right. or I'm the guy, you know, selling the technology. Um, and, and you look at the vehicles today and, and everything that the technicians have to keep up with, it's crazy. It really it's is. absolutely crazy. It really is. I mean, it, it's, it's miles beyond what anybody thought we would see. And, you know, I, I guess the Back to the Future movies, you would see that they had flying cars and this and that. I mean, while they're not flying, I'd say the technology we have now is far beyond what they imagined then. You well, know? in Back to the Future, they didn't drive themselves. <laughs> so and they're doing that today. Right. So. Right. Talk a little bit about what it is that you're trying to do with this. It's an app, right? It, it is. So so um, everything centers around the app. Like I said, we can't replace the um, we can't replace the relationship that that goes on between the guy on the truck and and the shop owner and the technicians. Sure. Um, at the same time, when you look at um, 2020, right, and it's a game changer for everybody. Yeah. Uh, shops are looking at things differently. Um, there's a lot of concern about exposure. I have a really good friend of mine that has a transmission shop close to where we live and, um, they run a great business. And, and just recently they've had, after being vaccinated, they've had half of their staff come down with, with COVID the shop is shut down and, and it's that exposure that, um, that you don't necessarily, excuse me, don't necessarily have to have in the shop that kind of spurred on the development of the app. Um, what we're trying to do is give uh, technicians and shop owners better access to whatever it is they need, whether that's a specialty tool, a warranty, uh, tracking their purchase history. So if you if you go on the um, uh, Android or uh, Apple store and download the app, you can um, track all of your purchases, you can generate a warranty, um, if you order something, it's literally like ordering a part that you would order for the shop. Sure. We've got delivery drivers that will go out and bring the, the tools to you. Um, they can take care of, you know, you don't have to wait a week to get your wrench or your socket or your ratchet, whatever repaired or How replaced. How are you going to manage the logistics? Man, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, um, that's but that's, nuts. that's the, that's the fun part. And so what we're doing is we're taking, we're taking two separate industries, and merging them together. So we're getting rid of the parts and pieces that don't work in either one. Yeah. Um, so the, the big box parts stores have a major footprint and, and they're in the shops all the time. Um, but most of the guys, not all of them, but, but most of the guys are very limited on their knowledge of tools and equipment. They have it, it's available, but yeah, they have no idea. Yeah. They don't, yeah. they don't know what they're doing. If, if you know what you're looking for, they can get it for you. Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to do is um, take people that have that tool and equipment knowledge uh, from a sales perspective um, backed up with, you know, we, we handle all of our own technical support for the diagnostics and everything that we sell. All of that is in-house. Yeah. So the idea is to bring all of that in-house. Um, you have a lower cost labor that can go out and, and get the parts, handle the warranties, you know, do collections if necessary. Uh, keep the, the so relationship guy in the field. Are you setting up warehouses everywhere then? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and not all of them are uh, company stores. So some of these are going to be franchised, but um, the idea is to have that brick and mortar foundation sure. um, and then expand. So you just start working a larger circle and yeah. then putting in a secondary, you know, brick and mortar store. From the business perspective, um, we want to give a better opportunity to the franchises that we're bringing on as well. Um, for the mobile tool guys, their path to growth centers around being able to put more trucks on the road. That comes at a detriment to the franchise. So you went from dealers that had a territory to franchisees that have an approved list of calls. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to grow. We want to grow the business, but we want to we want to find franchises that want a greater opportunity to grow and instead of just having a list of calls that can set up multiple brick and mortar, you know, smaller brick and mortar locations, satellite, if you will, um, backed up by a, you know, a larger, uh, major hub. So you're looking to circumvent the whole, they took my route away from me. The, you know, they, they cut into my route, they added yep. another route in there and all of a sudden my my big accounts are gone because I had to give half Correct. of them to the other guy. And when when I sold my Snap On franchise, they put they split it up. You know, so Snap On exercised their first right of refusal. They bought it back instead of uh, allowing the guy that I was selling it to to buy it. Um, and they split it up. They gave him half of it, and and then they gave you know another guy half of it. And, and yeah. I get it. You know, I'm a business owner, right? At the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to grow our businesses, um, but. That's not always, you know, what's best for um, your business partner, you know, right. which yeah. for us is, is, you know, our franchises. Right. Yeah. Very much so. That's interesting. So what lines are you planning on carrying then? And what? Uh... So we are the, the um, master distributor for Texas Diagnostics. So we have um, basically three brands that, that we focus on. Um, we work with uh, VSG um, for... Uh, most of our undercar. Uh, we also do some stuff with uh, TLS out of Canada, make some 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 really great lifts. Um, we are the master distributor for Texa for North America, um, and then uh, we took on Texas SP- like heavy duty, right? So Texa is actually everything. Okay. ECU. Um, there's five main environments: um, car, truck, uh, off highway diesel marine and motorcycle so if it has an ecu on it and an engine we generally can talk to it okay um that gives us you know a lot of flexibility in in terms of the the shops that we can that we can service um and then uh, for undercar um at lyman equipment stuff like that we have um uh, our pinnacle brand which is our in-house brand okay uh, we have some relationships with companies that are manufacturing stuff for us um, and that way we have the ability to pretty much satisfy any need that the, that the shop owner has. The hand tools are all um, SB tools, which is an sure. Australian-based um, yeah. uh, company. Yeah. Um, we have a brick-and-mortar store right by the shop, and that they sell gear wrench and SB tools and Milwaukee. Yeah. And so when you need something, yeah, like, yeah, sometimes you can't call the tool guy. You can't wait. Right. You, you make it down there, and hopefully, hopefully they have – that specialty tool or they have something that you need that socket whatever just to get that job done and out the door you you mentioned when when does the technician come to you and say hey i need you know this specialty tool for this bmw that i just torn down and i can't and i can't put it back together until i get it that's it right after he tears right and then you go back to your desk (laughs) and and you start looking for that tool and guess what nobody's got it right so you guys are pretty good about telling me beforehand (laughs) it's like hey i went through the repair procedures and keep those guys sometimes, keep them yeah, yeah. I, do, I, I appreciate that but sometimes they do come to me with like you don't need that specialty tool that's a socket i know it's got a specialty right. tool part number on right. it but it's a 10 millimeter socket you've got those right uh so it has a, uh it's a double-edged sword let's say it that way um but you were talking about specialty tools because sometimes you run into a situation where you absolutely need a specialty tools. Right. And, yeah, I mean, you're ordering it online, and you need it quick, so you're paying for overnight shipping, which, you know, depending on where they are, maybe you'll get it the next right. day, maybe two days later. Meanwhile, that car is just and Yeah, it's all, and it's all downtime. It's tying yeah. up a bay. It's, you know, you're, you're so just So is stuck. your plan on having OE or yeah, so know, generic replacements? or um, Combination of both. Okay. Um, so we work. 
with um, uh, companies that specialize in a lot of the the um, you know engine setup tools and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we have some you know in, in our own brand as well, um, and and that's where the the brick and mortar kind of comes into play. Yeah, there, there's a limitation even with a really good franchisee. There's a limitation to how much inventory they yeah. they can carry. Um, the vast majority of them are restricted from having a, a brick and mortar location just because of the franchise agreements that are in yeah. place. So if, if we have a warehouse, we can keep more things on the shelf. Um, it's not a hundred percent, not, you know, nothing is. Um, but it, through the network, we should be able to make sure that we can get you that tool quickly. That's interesting. Yeah. So what cities are you hitting? So, um, we're based out of Alabama, so um, big focus right now is in the southeast, um, Alabama, Mississippi. Flipping um, southeast. It's always the southeast. <laughs> it's warm down there. That's it. That, uh, see, I keep telling you, that's why, listen, that's why oh, ASTE is such a big deal is because it's warm. You know, vision, it's cold. <laughs> there, there's, something, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, and, and vision is very cold. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Uh, Oklahoma City. Um, nice. Okay. Uh, so Oklahoma as a whole, but but the the hub is is in Oklahoma City, um, Maryland. Um, so Baltimore area, which is going to cover kind of northern Virginia um, into Delaware, um, you know, South Jersey, Philly area. Okay. Um, and then uh, working, with, we're getting ready to to start something in the uh, in the five boroughs in New York. Right. Um, COVID kind of put a put a stop to that it's, it's to tough to get to something areas going areas that are a little bit looser on the restrictions the like, southeast like florida <laughs> like alabama texas is <laughs> i'm, in a I'm bad, looking towards in a the place. heart of the country right in the middle right kansas city around there see we're getting there oklahoma city's getting closer <laughs> exactly listen david it's just a short little drive you'll be fine yeah four you'll hours be, yeah it's fine I don't worry it's about four it hours. Well, maybe six y- you know, so this also, it, it sounds like a big advantage to a shop owner from that perspective mm-hmm. that, um, you know, one of the things that we always hear is that when the tool trucks come in, there can be some time spent on those tool trucks. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, but sometimes it can go a little bit longer than it should. For instance, one of the things we've noticed with our new driver is that the techs will actually have to spend an hour, hour and a half with him just to show him where to find the component that Correct. needs to be warrantied. Um, and the technician is frustrated at that right. point. So I think having a skilled staff that can help them with that and work them through that. So I think there's definitely some advantages to the shop owner as well as the technician. You know, what do you see the advantages for the technician out of something like this being? So for, for the technician is, is that quicker service, um, um, productivity for the shop owner, for sure. Um, you touched on a, on one of the key points in, in, um, in the development of the app is, is to mimic as much as we can the way business gets done on there. So um, in V2, which is going to be coming out in a couple of months, you'll actually be able to store a card in the app and make your weekly payments the same way that you do on the truck. So you'll be able to send a, a notification to um, either to the delivery system or to, uh, you know, to your sales guy um, of what you need. They can be prepared with it. You know, and everything is just kind of automated. That's um, really cool. It's 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 eliminating that sucking up the air conditioning or the heat in your case um, yeah. uh, when you know inclement weather happens, right? Um, and and that also helps the the um, the guy on the truck. Uh, they don't necessarily want the technicians hanging out out there because they have a business to run as well, right. um, and that. W- allows us to have smaller vehicles um, like a like a sprinter or a transit van that has a more targeted um, inventory right. um, because you're backed up with the brick and mortar so if there's something that's not on the truck you don't have to wait a week for it you don't have to wait for ordering it yeah you know the driver can just send a message over to the warehouse and say hey, I need to deliver X y and Z to the shop and you know right. see this person and it's taken care of that that is really cool extremely cool and so i i think that that's really what stood out to me when i started reading about this was that there are so many advantages to both the tech and the shop owner and the service advisor in many ways um but you touched on something that's going to pique everybody's ears so you're going to offer payment plans very similar 
Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? So yes. it's going to be the same as a tool truck. You're going yeah. to be able so to. So that's one of the things that works in the tool business, right? Is, right. Is, um, and, and you can't, you're, I don't think you're going to change that. Um, it's just ingrained in, in what, in what they do. Right. Um, uh, when I worked for snap on, I drank, you know, drank the Kool-Aid. Right. And, um, so if, if you listen to the story and I'm, and I'm assuming that it's accurate, but if you listen to the story, that business model was started during the great depression to keep the factory going. You know, so right. everybody was taking a pay cut. Um, the people that had jobs needed tools, um, but they didn't, because of the pay cut, they didn't have the money to buy the tools. Snap-on right. needed to keep the factory going. So they invented this, you know, you know you're going to pay me weekly for the tools. That way my sales guys can keep selling. The factory can keep producing. The factory workers keep their job. You keep your job. That business model hasn't changed since right. then. And that was, you know, in the in the 30s. So... Yeah, um, it, it's been a fantastic business model, but with modern technology and where we are in the world today, time to move there, into the twenty yeah, first century. Yeah, we could we could make it better. Sure. It, you know, it, it could be better, and that's what right. we're trying to do is make it better. Yeah, and and you know, I hear a lot of people talk bad about that. You know, payment plan deal, and 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 I'm sure if you're irresponsible financially. It's going to get you in right. trouble. But in the same respect, you know, in a lot of ways, I built my business in partnership with my Snap-on guy, right? We worked together as a team, and he said, look, here's what I would do if it were me. I'll help you with this. I'll help you with that. He became a lot of of my business, right? And, and man, when he retired, it was heartbreaking to my whole right. family. My daughter's over here like, I'm going to miss Tony. I don't, you know. Right. So, I mean, they it becomes part of the family. Um, yep. and, and part of a connection. So you're saying you'll still get that kind of connection, that, that kind of relationship, Absolutely. the same thing. So that's really cool. Absolutely. Really backed cool. up with, you know, backed up with a little bit better service. That's amazing. So are you going to put like dedicated salespeople to yeah. call the shop? Yep. Or? So, so, um, um, as we start a new store, like I said, we, we focus on, um, getting, getting the store or the franchise, whether it's a company store or franchise, we're focusing on getting them some income to grow the business. So it's, it's you touched on this earlier. There's a lot of moving parts to make this work. So what we realized early on was you can't turn the lights on and just put all these parts and pieces in in play and just have it mesh. So we start with um, the larger capital equipment, a smaller inventory of the tools, and then work from there, um, get the income coming in for uh, the business, and then that allows um, hiring the um, the support staff, the the office staff, the delivery people, and everything that goes into it. Um, the franchise then becomes more manager and less sales guy, and he's hiring the salespeople, training them, putting them on trucks. Um, each one of the stores operates slightly different. Um, that is more respective of their market and and um having traveled been in this business for a while having traveled the country everything is different um you know i grew up in baltimore um and spent most of my uh technician career in in the northeast um little bit of turning wrenches in the in the southeast completely different um and expectation levels are different from market to market. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't want to, you know, put a rubber stamp on everything and say, this is the way that you have to do it. Yeah. We want to be flexible, not just with the franchise, but also with the, with the customers and make sure that their needs are met. Yep. Well, you know, one of the things that keeps coming up and it's been a big topic recently. Um, and we've talked about on the podcast before, should shops be supplying technician tools do technicians want their tools to be supplied you were once a technician how do you feel about that so um i'm a fan and and i'm a fan for for a few reasons um there's incentives um that you can give the techs Mm -hmm. that may have tax benefits um i'm not giving tax advice i am not an accountant (laughs) um but but there may be you know benefits to that um we also um have I'm a big fan of the student tech programs. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that's going to be a big part of our industry going forward. We've got to encourage new techs coming in. So 
if we have a shop owner that's working uh, with, with a guy, whether he did or didn't go through an, an official program, if, if we know that, you know, yes, he's going through an official apprentice program at the shop, uh, we offer our student tech discounts to those guys. Um, we Very encourage, nice. I'm yeah. sorry. Very nice. Yeah. So we want to encourage people to get into the business and yeah. we want to help the shop owners encourage right. guys to get into the business. Um, it, my recommendation would be, you know, with some kind of, um, employment agreement, they go through the apprentice program, you know, paying for their tools to get them started, mm-hmm. um, uh, helps a lot. And then the discounts in the student tech program are, I mean, uh, most of them are in that 40, 50%. I mean, oh, wow. we're, yeah, we're get, literally giving stuff away because we yeah. want these guys to get started. Right. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I have an apprentice in my shop and she's a young lady. She's been with us for two, almost three mm-hmm. years now. And um, we're blessed because North Carolina has an apprenticeship program. And, and the way it works is as long as they sign up as an apprentice before they get out of high school, mm-hmm. they can come work for me or any other shop in North Carolina that's a IGO member. They come in and they get a free two years two year associate's degree in the automotive program in a local community awesome. college. Um, it's a guaranteed wage, right? So they can start low. We start ours at sixteen fifty an hour as an apprentice. They're paid hourly. They come in, they learn. We put them with a technician who mentors them, mm-hmm. right? And we give them other tasks in the shop. We want them to feel busy. We want them to feel rewarded. But I was talking to her a while back. As a matter of fact, we were doing a demo um, with some of our recording equipment. And we were talking about it, and she said, one of the things that makes me question going into this industry is I look at these guys, and they've got sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred, hundred, ten thousand dollars worth of tools. Yeah. And I look at that, and I say, guys, I'm just starting out. Right. How could I put that much money into tools? And this is just basic competency stuff. This is just the stuff I have to do to do a basic job. I can't go out and spend $20,000 starting off we see text comment all the time hey listen we're we're spending a hundred thousand dollars on tools you know we, we're seeing ads from shops and we're going to pay you 10 bucks an hour we're going to pay you 15 bucks 17 bucks an hour it's a little ridiculous so programs like that i think are really important and a good way to get them involved and started because that's a major hold up right they look at it and they say you've got to be kidding me there's and, no way and there's also no limitations to it so we don't a lot of the student tech programs that are out there, again, we're, we're looking at and saying, how can we make it better? It's you can buy this, but you can't buy that. And, right. and you can buy this, but you can't buy that. Yeah. And, and, and you can only get the discount on, you know, X number list. of dollars. And, and you know, yeah. It's, yeah. if there's family that's helping, if there's, you know, we want to give them the opportunity to get started on the best foundation that they can with whatever their means are. Right. So we have kits, you know, put together in the student tech program. We have an entire website that's dedicated to really? student that's tech. Awesome. It's called um, it's uh, spnexttech.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they can register. Um, they can go, you know, once they're registered, we, we verify that they're either in an, an apprentice program or uh, trade school. And then um, they can see their pricing, go shopping, create, you know, wish lists, things like that. Um, and we want them to be able to, like I said, to, to get out on the on the best foundation that their means can can provide. But you know, basic tools and, and stuff like that. We have kits in that you know two hundred, three hundred dollar range that that's right. going to cover you know sockets, ratchets, wrenches, things like that. Right. Nice. And so, what what's your thought process? You know, you've told a little bit about how you got to become the technician mm-hmm. and how you moved up from there. What do we need to be doing different? You know, we keep hearing about the technician shortage, right? It's like the main topic within the shop owner groups, and and it keeps circulating. Get involved. Yeah. You know, take the time, get involved. You know, go to the, as as the shop owner, go to the schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Go to the trade schools, starting in in high school. Um, Get involved in the community, um, in anything that's automotive-related, get the word out there that this is an awesome industry um, and there the opportunities in, in the business are unlimited uh, regardless of what you want to do. And I mean, my, that would be my recommendation. Just get involved. Right. Talk a little bit about the, the diagnostic equipment. Okay. So you said it was Texa. Yeah. So Texa is a, is a company that's headquartered in uh, just outside of Venice, Italy. Uh, I sold my Snap-on franchise in 2012, um, and um, wasn't long after that that I got involved with 
with Texa. Um, the product manager for Mac Tools at the time uh, was somebody that I had worked with. I'm former director of sales and marketing for Launch. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a really good relationship with the product manager there. And he said, hey, I've got this Italian guy in, in my office that's telling me his tool is great and wonderful, and I don't believe him. Um, so if I send this down to you, would you give me your you know, unbiased opinion sure. on it? And at the time, they were looking at motorcycle diagnostics. All right. um, so he sent it down, and um, you know, when you look at Texas software, there's, there's five icons. Uh, IDC5 is the PC operating system, if you will, or the computer side of the the software, and then inside of IDC5 are the five environments, and you can have any one or all five in the same scan tool. So what they originally sent me was just the motorcycle software, um, and I went through it. It was really good stuff, and I told them. Um, but I was curious, being being a former tech and being a diagnostic guy, I'm like, what do these other buttons do? And, you know, they had me locked out of them. So he said, I have no idea. Let me put you in touch with this guy, my contact in Italy. Um and um, it just kind of the business just kind of grew from there. Um, it intrigued me having a single scan tool that worked on all of that stuff. So Texa is the factory software for uh, Ducati and Embiagusa. Uh, up until 2016, they were the factory software for the Aprilia Group. Um, they're a tier one OEM supplier to uh, VAG, uh, to FCA. Um, and you know they do OEM stuff at, at several different levels, not just in the in the um, motorcycle software, but also in marine. Uh, they do some OEM uh, contract work in the heavy duty space as well. Um, and there's what drew me to the product originally was I had never seen anything like that 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 literally could talk to anything with an ECU. Right. Um, then I got to know the company, and um, hands down. Uh, greatest company that I've ever had the opportunity to work for. So in the beginning, I was working for them, um, and that was not going the way I wanted it to. Um, We had some disagreements on what an adult wage was. Um, um, And and the really cool part with that relationship was instead of throwing the bathwater out with the baby or the baby out with the bathwater, I should say, it was, you know, how do we find a path forward? You know, so we're not going to pay you what it's going to take to keep you, mm-hmm. but we don't want to lose the progress that we've made. And, you know, so there's got to be a way forward. And that's when I became the, the importer for, that's for Texa. Awesome. And, that's and the awesome. business has, has really just kind of taken off from, from there. Um, we had, at the time, very limited uh, distribution and, and um, everything, you know, everything that we do has grown from that. So how does that compare to some of the more... I guess mainstream about yeah mainstream I mean you hear the you could jump online and the conversations always veer towards you know very specific brands yep and so um the car software is a relatively new uh release um when so the business plan the business model was to focus on supercar because we have very limited comp- competition in that area, um, you know it's really us and uh, Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo is really expensive, um, so if you want real world capabilities on, you know uh, Lamborghini, you know Ferrari, Maserati stuff like that, uh, it's a bargain in that eight thousand dollar range. So uh, wow. we folk. That, that's a good price. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a bunch of guys on ASOG that are working on those. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm they're sure con- they're constantly online talk, asking like, does it do the right. transmission adapters? If I'm, you know, because yeah. everything is, you know, it's that F1 type transmission, you know, paddle shift and stuff. And there's so many calibrations, so when they pull them, service them, you know, do the clutches and things like that, you've got to be able to go in and and set set the um, you know slip start positions and stuff like that, and um, they're you know. Nobody else has that capability. And so you're, you know, Leonardo's in that, you know, fully Lotus is in that $70,000 range. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we're a bargain at, yeah. at yeah. eight. Um, well, you know, you know, we've got nine followers that are watching right now live. I didn't high. even know we were doing this yeah. live. And, and all of a sudden. <laughs> well, this is like the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like, all of a sudden, two of them dropped out. And I guarantee you it was Dutch 
and it was Eric Bach, and they're going to find out where they can buy the tool right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to order yeah, it. Eric, Eric is a perfect example. He's yeah. got he's got these like just random supercars that just right. pull out. He, he's yeah. he's in the Hamptons. He's like on the very tip of Long right. Island. So he's working on the the Beater Buick that that uh, got handed down. But he also gets times. the 360 and then, Ferrari 360. Yeah, pull yeah. In. and he gets these random supercars that pull in, and he's buying the equipment to service those vehicles. But right. yeah, I mean he's got he's got a bunch of scan tools, and I don't think he ever considered Texas as a as an option for and dealing with some of these supercars and being able yeah. to properly service them. There right. for for you know value for dollar spent for a shop owner. There's nothing better out there. Um, on the on the general um, repair side, um, we we opted not to to jump into that into that arena just because the market is just so saturated. Um, Texas manufactures everything in house. Um, they have a, a multi million dollar multi million dollar clean room, so down to the chipsets and things and and the motherboards that are inside the VCI and um, everything is manufactured in house in Italy, and that comes at a cost. When you're not manufacturing in China, there there's an increased cost to the hardware and everything else. So we're not the cheapest guy in town. We we build a fantastic tool. But eight thousand dollars isn't like no no no. And in the supercar stuff, snap on scan. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're emotion. They're emotionally attached. Um, <laughs> we decided to get into the general. Well, ADOS is what pushed forth the the general car okay. development. So we wanted to. Um, we have a you know complete ADOS solution. And, and if you're going to release ADOS, then, and you're going to do that development work, it's not that much more to go ahead and develop the rest of the car. And that's what we decided to do. So right. we released ADOS and general purpose car during COVID. Um, you know, we, we cut it loose February, March of, of last year. Um, coverage is fantastic. Um, it's, you know, there's... What, what kind of investment are you looking at? And then logistic or like structurally, what are you needing to be able to properly calibrate a vehicle. Because so some of these OEs are asking for, like, you can't have windows, and it's got to be a 40 by 40 space. And So space is a, is a consideration. Um, when you're, when you're, so Texa follows the OEM footprint. Um, so if, they're, if their target or their cone or their whatever is this size and it needs to be placed here, we're following OEM to the letter. Um, so some of those do require additional space. We did a, we did some training for a guy that um, uh, one of our distributors had, had sold a unit to, and we, they were doing a Toyota. Um, I think it was blind spot monitor or something like that. And it was like um, 30 feet, you know, is where it was the distance, you know, clear right. clear distance that you needed, and that becomes a problem in in some shops. You know, some places just yeah. don't have that available but you can still do some front calibration. So we try to simplify it as much as possible. We have a um, lane departure or what we call the glass package. You know, mm -hmm. So if you're doing uh, windshields and things like that, pulling front bumpers, that kind of thing, um, that package with the diagnostic scan tool and everything, you're gonna be in that $15,000 range. That's not bad. No. Is that about right, Jess? Yeah, so about $15,000. Um, and if you want everything that we've got, you're going to be in that you know twenty five, twenty six thousand dollar range with with the scan tool. So you get a, a scan tool and pretty much everything you need to oh. at least be able to take because that that became the fear at the shop. And so I sent my guys to ADOS class, yep. and all they're learning is what not to do. It's like right. hey, don't take that bumper off, don't take this bracket off, don't take. And now they're they're almost paranoid about it's like ooh I don't, I don't want to touch that because then it's going to be calibrated. So now we have to we have to understand what it is that we can and cannot do, and then factor that into the estimate. Are, are we taking this down to the dealer to get recalibrated? And having at least a, an in-house solution because ultimately that's what we're trying to do is just but keep as much in-house as possible. My my recommendation, regardless of what um, hardware you use, um, my recommendation would be. Um, the, the takeaway would be make sure that the techs do exactly what um, the manufacturer calls for. Sure. Um, and, and the reason that I say that is I work with a company, I can't mention them, but, but I work with a company that is um, working with some OEMs on um, uh, ADOS, and they've done some testing in moving targets outside of the calibration range. 
So if it's, you know, it's got to be, you know, a thousand millimeters from the front bumper and, you know, X height. And Mm -hmm. so what they did is they intentionally took the target and started moving it outside of where the calibration parameters actually were just to see if they could get it to calibrate. And, and you can. So the, the challenge with that is the calibration, and, and this is going to be, I'm way oversimplifying this, but the calibration is, is a zero point, right? It's, right. It's, we're, we're teaching the computer that this is where zero is. Right. Well, if zero is here, and, and we I put it, it four inches somewhere else, yeah. And, yeah. and that's at a, at a thousand millimeters from the front bumper, what, what is that at a hundred feet? Yeah. And, you know, so we're talking about lane departure. We're talking about systems that activate four large potholes, right? So that four inches up, four inches down, you know, right. is, is going to make a difference. And that's why the OEMs have the position statements that they do. So even though you might get a successful calibration, you know, there, there's one school of thought, which is, well, if the car accepts the calibration, then it's good. And the car is assuming that your input, you're right. telling the car that the target is here. So, and so it's just it, taking. It's what assuming you're that you it. told yeah. it the truth, and, wow. and and if you're not, and you get a just because it says yes, we're successfully calibrated, doesn't mean that. And this is safety stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's yeah. been ac- accidents that that have come, you know, because uh, systems activated, you know, unexpectedly and, yeah. and things like that. So, so we were just talking about a an article that we that I had just read in a magazine where a shop owner, I think he's in New Jersey, was. He was he was a passion on the mobile guys, mm-hmm. and he was essentially saying that these mostly collision shops are calling these mobile guys that are just rolling the car out in the parking lot, and then bloop, it's calibrated out the door. It goes, lights are off, and this shop owner invested over a hundred thousand dollars to get all of the OE set up. Right, and you know I get it. He's proud of his setup, and I did it right. And look at me, and I, I get that, but that's unrealistic for a lot of shop owners. For for everybody, what's the return on investment on a hundred thousand dollars? He'll never for get ADOS. the money. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean it's it just becomes a you know look at my bragging rights. Yeah, right. bragging yeah. rights. Right. And so that that was my objection to it. It's like it's like okay, great, you invested a hundred thousand dollars. I am not going to invest a hundred thousand dollars, and I can't price it profitably even right. if I did invest a hundred thousand dollars because the dealership is doing it for one hundred fifty bucks down the street, and, and I'm not going to compete. And if, and that's cheap. I mean that's you know, so, so where I'm at, it's they're in that three to cheap. five. Yeah, they're in that three to five hundred dollars. The Euro guys are three to five hundred dollars, okay. not the Ford uh, okay. dealership. Ford dealership was one hundred and fifty. The Honda dealership, I think, was one hundred and seventy-five, something like that. Yeah. I mean, just they should be twice the price, right. but they're not, and I, I don't have no idea why. But whatever, that that's what they're doing. So. If there is another solution, if there yep. is one more step, like, hey, let's, let's reel this back in, we can get OE level calibration yep. without the investment, without $100,000. It's OE level, and as long as you're following proper protocol, this thing will calibrate properly. It's you can not take just our targets and, and use factory software. That's, that when I say we follow the, the factory fo- footprint, That's impressive. If, if you're yeah. doing a calibration on a Mercedes, you can take our Mercedes calibration, you know, take the, the Mercedes factory software, use our target, and perform the calibration. That's Very awesome. So, yeah. and, and that gives you a little bit of flexibility because you know, we are an aftermarket tool for, um, for diagnostics and on, on the car line. Um, you know, maybe the body shop's working on that 2021 or 2022 vehicle that you know, we don't have coverage for yet. Um, the target may be the same, but the bidirectional command to actually send the calibration isn't there. Um, you know, you could download, you know, if it's a Toyota, you could download, you know, the, the, uh, TIS software and, and do the calibration, um, you know, using our target without having an additional expenditure. So yeah. it gives you a little bit of flexibility in that way. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's really awesome. So one of my questions is, and, and something that comes up for us is my guys like to put their hands on the tool. Yep, and they like to get a chance to use it and say, "Hey, is this going to fit my needs? Does it work for me?" Yep. That's how Snap-on sells their yeah. Their skin is that going to be an option with your tools? Absolutely. With so, um, with the Texas Diagnostic line, we have distribution everywhere. Um, it's sold through Mac. It's sold through Matco. It's sold through Cornwell. Um, in addition to 
um, dedicated um, diagnostic distributors that we have. These are guys that, that are specifically tooling equipment um, or, or more equipment, capital equipment uh, guys. Um, so um, they'll come out, they'll do the demos, um, and, and not only do the demos, but you're getting that, that higher level of field support and, and service with the tool backed up by our tech support. Um, I like to brag on them. Uh, we are uh, average time to, to answer is uh, 36 seconds. Wow. Average time on call is outside of our norm, but right now it's five and a half minutes. We were in that three, three and a half minute range. Um, we have uh, bilingual support, so and, and we're there uh, seven to seven, uh, Monday through Friday, um, Central Time. So it's, you know, uh, what's that, eight to eight Eastern and, yeah. you know, five to five and, you know, West Coast time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. That, that's, cool. that's really awesome. And, yeah. and that's, you know, whether they're working on a heavy-duty truck or a motorcycle. Do so you buy the scan tool, you get all of that? Or? So you can have any part of that that you want. So let's say you buy the car package. We have a car package that starts at the $4,000, you know, minus okay. supercar. Yeah. And if you want to add on supercar, supercar is a $1,200 add-on. You add that on, and, and now you're and Is that a, just a software package, like you're yep, just turning just, it on on yep, the machine? Just okay. a software. That's with our smaller VCI that's not J2534 okay. uh, uh, capable. And then um, let's say you want to you add uh, bike you know, uh, because you get a couple of motorcycles or shop owner wants to fix his own toys. You know, I don't want to take my stuff, my toys back to BRP. I want to be able to service them myself. So we get a lot of, we get a lot of guys that will add on bike or Marine to be able to take care of their own stuff. We also have guys that focus on automotive, but they also do Marine, um, you know, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. all, all kinds of, strange combinations so whatever whatever fits the shop owner's needs you know if it's just automotive great and you know if he wants to grow the business and and take on some additional work um that's great as well we do a lot with supercar and motorcycle because the guys that the guys that own the ferraris and the lamborghinis have a tendency to own and be a goose and ducati as well so uh, cool. david do you own both <laughs> <laughs> I have if a you do, I'm doing this wrong. I want to. Uh, yeah, I, I have a rowboat. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. So, tell us a little bit about how they, the listeners, can get in touch with you. Um, you can find us on the web. Um, there's two main websites: ceasusa.com. Uh, that's the cutting edge website. Cutting edge is the is the parent company. Okay. Um, SP Tools is going to be sptoolsusa.com. Okay. Uh, the student tech program is spnexttech, and that's okay. N-E-X-T-T-E-C-H dot com, spnexttech.com. Uh, the app is available on uh, Google and um, iOS. Okay. So um, you can go to the, the Play Store or what are they the typing? App Store. I'm sorry? What, what are they typing? Um, SP Tools. Just SP Tools? Yep, SP Tools and, and the app will come up. Um, there's no cost to download it. Um, and you know, they can register for an account, see what's available, um, get set up and, you know, start shopping. That is fantastic. So, um, one thing I do want to ask before we close is, um, we have a lot of educators that listen. You talked a lot about the apprenticeship program and what you're doing for them. How do they get involved with that? They want to get involved. They want to tell their students about it. They want to tell the other schools about it. How do they become involved? Do they just go to the website? Is there a contact for them? So, um, Whatever is easiest for them, they they can go to um, they can go to the SP Next Tech website, and um, you know there's a con you know contact us page there um, where they can put in their information. Okay. The phone number's on there. You know if if they have the time to to pick up the phone and call us, okay. they'll get straight through to someone. Um, they can sh- shoot us an email at support at ceasusa.com okay. that goes into an automatic queue and we'll we'll redirect it to the guys that head up the student tech program that's fantastic man that is fantastic well thank you so much for being that here right up Didn't sp tools usa are you gonna buy something what's that i'm gonna at least download the app <laughs> guys i'm i'm grateful for the opportunity it's been absolutely been great to sit here and talk with you absolutely we've really enjoyed it and, and hopefully we can have you on again really soon maybe we can get these guys over here in the corner to talk absolutely because uh, you know th- these guys hanging out over here are my product manager so jesse is sp right. tools and 
techs a product manager, and Jacob heads up all of our service and undercar stuff. So very nice, very nice. Well, they're next, right? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No more hiding. You that's think the it. shop owner that spent a hundred thousand dollars on his on his uh, ADOS system is going to feel bad? I would. No, he's still going to poke his chest out and, and say, yeah. I spent $100,000. Well, what's he going to say, though? He's like, oh, mine's exact OE. And you're like, okay, I have the equivalent for a tenth of the price. So so I've got another question now that he says it. Are, are we going to – one of the big things that we keep hearing, and, and some really, really smart shop owners are saying, I'm mighty nervous about investing mm-hmm. in ADOS. Because oh, yeah. That's a good question. What happens if it changes – is technology going to become outdated as quickly as other technology has? What's your perspective of that? I think it's I, I think it's going to change quicker. Honestly, um, I don't think that that it the technology is going to go away. If you look at the average life cycle of that vehicle, especially a newer vehicle, it's going to be here for years to come. But right? he's talking get, about specifically the ADOS system. So when we were talking to a shop owner who owns a Euro shop, mm-hmm. big Euro shop, does a ton of business. And the question was, are you going to invest in ADOS tools? And that shop owner that I mentioned on the, in the Hamptons, he's like, yeah, I'm going to buy the whole setup there because I can't. It's a two and a half hour drive for me to go to the dealer. Right. And these guys are coming to me and I need to be able to calibrate it. So he's willing to invest the money. This other shop owner, he's like, in, in like three years, these modules will be self-calibrating. We'll pop them in, and they'll go beep, 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 and then done. And, and, or it'll be dynamic, like tick it out on the road, and it'll figure out what it needs to do. And so we're not going to need the ADOS system. You're going to invest all this money into this ADOS system. Now, you know, we were looking at 40000 plus, just to start, $40,000. Not even talking about the space or the guy that's been 100000 plus to set to get his setup. Do you think he's right? Do you think is that, there, is that There's no precedent in automotive ever where we've reversed in technology ever the guys were saying the same thing when we went from carbureted to throttle body right that's never going to last it's never going to work and we're going back to carburetors next year and we're still not running carburetors right um i I think the technology is going to get more advanced everybody even in the commercial space is pushing towards autonomous um you can't Which is going to require some level of calibration. Yeah, we've, we've got to have more cameras than what we've got now, yeah. and, and you have to have some sort of, of calibration right. uh, process to, to be able Tesla to make that work. Tesla just announced they were going to re- stop using radar and all use all cameras? I have no idea. I saw that pop up on I, my feed. Yeah, I saw, I saw something about that. I didn't read the, the full article. Yeah, but they're going to push it out on their, their Model 3s and then the Ys, and they're like, yeah, it may not work perfectly to begin with. <laughs> but It's not working perfectly now from, from what I understand. <laughs> Those are isolated incidents. You probably shouldn't rule, right. you know, let go of the steering wheel. And, you know, it, and, and I think you're, when we were speaking earlier, your simplified perspective of that is really important because I think that eliminates part of that conversation that keeps being had is it still has to know how far away it is. Right. Right. It, there, there has to be at some point an actual calibration somewhere. So it's going to end up coming down though, to the, to the shop owner or the business owner wanting to make sure that that leaves in, in perfect condition because yeah. I mean, that was the gripe from the guy who spent a hundred thousand dollars. He's like, these guys are just showing up. These mobile mechanics, they're in a van, they roll out the system, push the car, beep, beep, lights off, they ship the car. Right. It's not safe. No. He know, he's, he's like, I know that car is not properly calibrated. But for the body shop, the lights are off and, you know, the consumer doesn't know any different. And they're assuming that everything's fine. We were talking to the gentleman from my car last night and he's like... It's going to have to come from the insurance side. Yeah, that's right? a where that's an interesting these guys. Yeah, sure. these these guys have to be properly trained and almost make the commitment to to make sure that these systems are, are properly right. calibrated. Because otherwise, you know, if the lights off, that's it. I don't right. have to worry it's, about it's it. It's all like, good. Yeah, Mark. it's all good. Ship it. Right. And it, like, what what do you do? It's it's almost like you have to trust, and that that yeah. freaks me out. So years ago, I had uh, welders flash doing something stupid i used to do a lot of rock rock crawling i had a jeep and did a lot of rock crawling and um i welded something on the jeep real quick on a saturday at the shop to so i could get back out on some trails and instead of taking the time and grabbing my welder's helmet 
you know, I did the stupid thing, young, brash, and arrogant technician. Um, I just decided I was going to look away. I ended up with welder's flash. By the time I got home, my eyes were sky blue. I couldn't see anything. I was completely blind. Um, scariest thing ever. My wife had to take me to the hospital. Right. Well, she's not paying attention to the fact that I can't see, but she's guiding me. She's not telling me that there's curbs, so right. I'm falling down the curbs. I'm falling up the curbs because she's not telling me that they're there. I'm walking into walls and everything else because she was absolutely horrible at guiding me. And that's the equivalent of not setting up the ADOS system properly. You know, if if the car really can't see where it's at unless you tell it, you know, where that zero point is. Yeah. And, and, you know, so uh, I've I've got a good friend of mine. I'm not going to say who he is or what organization he works for, but he was talking about that that he's got shops who are implementing their technology um, for uh, ADOS calibrations. And he said, um, I told him I would go to a couple dealers and see the process and see how they were handling it and what they were charging. And he said, you know, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I went to three different Toyota dealers and took my car to, to get it aligned, or maybe it was one. And he said, it was always, oh, that machine's down. Oh, we, we're not equipped to do that right now. And he yeah. said, it really came down to, he felt like they just didn't want to do it. He said, because I know the machine. And he said, I know the machine's not down. It's our machine. Right. And he said, you know, it, it made me question you know, we keep talking about the dealer. Oh no, the, the dealer's only charging this and they're doing this. And, and, you know, his response to that was, I'm not sure that they are, you know, and, and we were, we were talking, you know, we've brought this up over and over again. Um, we were talking about the tech in the local GM dealer. They looked for four months to find somebody 65 years old. He doesn't want to learn the new technology. Right. He's not interested in it. He doesn't want to perform that calibration. He so you don't think these guys aren't even doing it. I, that, that's that's become an overreaching consensus from a lot of people who would know. And I know. and I mean, I've I've been at an Acura dealer where where they had a target hanging on chain link fence, <laughs> and they just pull the car up, you know, get it relatively close enough, and it, and if it doesn't calibrate, they just move the car a little bit forward, a little bit backward until they get it to calibrate. Like bumping and the then, alignment heads, and then ship it. <laughs> And and so even at the dealership, yeah, exactly. It's like, green, it's, ship it's it. green. Print, <laughs> ship it. Um, I don't think that they realize the the ramifications that that go into them not properly doing it. Um, and the Honda dealer that I used to work for, I talked to the service manager. They got one guy in there that does their ADOS calibrations, right. and he doesn't even know what he's doing. He just knows what the procedure is. Right. But he doesn't not, understand the fundamental he doesn't understand process. the system. Yeah. And and yeah. that's scary. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and you know, we've talked a lot about um, we need some additional professionalism. Yes. And we need some standards. Um, and what David said to insurance, I, you know, we've talked about David hates regulation. Right. He doesn't think regulation should government regulation. Yeah. yeah so I'm know, with you. <laughs> uh, you know, so we, we talk a lot about that is, is how do we accomplish that? Because regulation clearly doesn't work. I right. mean, they've got it in what, Michigan, California, Michigan, California, Canada. Canada. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem to help. So, so, you know, maybe it's that it comes from the insurance side. And they yeah, say market pressures. Yeah. yeah you, you've got to be qualified to do this. You know, I was in a meeting a while back and they were talking about the loss ratios for automotive businesses. And I, I, I won't quote the figure, but it was staggeringly high. I mean, to the point that they were like, that's not good, right? right. Th- this is a real problem. We have to think about this. How are we going to handle this? And so um, I think we've got some thinking to do as an industry as a whole. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. We recorded several conversations at ETI Tooltech that I think will help you rethink your strategic planning over the next three to five years. So if you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to asog.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of these upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.